Hey, everybody. These crazy kids messing with my microphones. Uh, well, uh, I'm going to be playing, starting out, I was inspired by Flat Black Plastics, Scott Who. He was in the studio and we were talking. And he mentioned Andy Dick, who I love. And so I looked up some Andy Dick stuff. This is Andy Dick's Endangered Species Ejaculation Facilitator. My name is Bob Gundison. I am a endangered species ejaculation facilitator, which sounds like a mouthful, but uh, believe me, it's more like a handful. <laughs> I work for the United States government in the Department of Conservation. I collect the semen from the male of the endangered species for reproductive purposes so that they don't go and make themselves extinct which basically means that I make sure that he ejaculates properly and cleanly into a plastic cup. I give that cup to another scientist and they do what they will with that. Oh, no, 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 no. I am not the guy that inserts it into the female. That is just gross. Yeah. See, that's the old days there. And there she blows. These hands are responsible for 26 species that were endangered and now they are coming back and no i make that 25 because i one time did have to use my mouth on a very uncooperative african bush elephant <sighs> cracked my lip here too oh, this is i never throw away good ejaculate my number one rule never throw away good ejaculate number two always throw away bad ejaculate if there's no date on your jar of ejaculate i'm throwing it out okay i got one that's unlabeled here Oh, no, never mind. It's a three-toed sloth. I got it. I always got to date these things. There's no date on the African toad. Goodbye to the African toad. Some animals seem to uh, get to the point of orgasm very quickly. Some animals seem to take their time, like you, you little ring-tailed shrew. I'm going to make you ejaculate hard. This friendly little fella is called the hog-nosed bat. Come in closer, take a look into his eyes. Those eyes say, I am not gonna put any semen in nobody's cup. See, what I did with him is I had to use my uh, massage and tweak technique, which I developed here in the lab. And it's basically just a little massage here and a tweak. That's how I do it. After about 10 minutes of my little massage and tweak method, I got uh, enough bat juice to start a whole friggin' vampire colony. <laughs> Didn't I there? Some animals are very uh, easy and some are a little bit uh, harder. The wombat is an interesting one because they have a very hard time ejaculating. But when I get them down here in this nice warm office laboratory, uh, I, I've got buckets and buckets of it. I got that stuff coming out of my ears. Do I have any funny stories? Well, there was the time when my assistant put a uh, jar of ejaculate in the wrong refrigerator. And of course, I went in there looking for my protein shake. And long story short, no more Tasmanian tiger wolf. <laughs> you know, as a funny joke, my guys here make these crazy name tags for me. We got Jack, 
am off. Manual Ray lease. I don't really understand that one. So we got this one's just stupid Pumper. That's just Bill. Bill's unimaginative. But my real name is Bob Gunderson. Endangered Species Ejaculation Facilitator. You take your endangered species and you put their genitals in my hands and I'll keep them covered. I'll keep them covered. I'll keep them coming, says Andy Dick. Yes. So funny. So weird. I love this guy. Okay, this is when Andy Dick gets knocked off Jimmy Kimmel with Ivanka Trump. Exciting stuff here on MutinyRadio.fm and .sf. I have no idea what he's doing behind he's me. Doing, <laughs> he's, he's perfectly you know, still. I'm like trying to be very, very... You very don't play off the glitter on your legs? Oh, you don't. Uh, Andy, don't please. Don't, don't touch Ivanka. Oh, wait, did I say I was single? I meant I had a boyfriend. <laughs> Andy, please don't. Donald Trump will kill both of us. Actually, prior to my coming on the show, I think my father made you promise to defend my honor. And this is before he knew Andy would be on it with him. He never would have allowed you to come here if he'd known Andy was here. <laughs> Andy, you promised you would behave yourself. I know. I know. You, um, you're on The Apprentice. Your brother is on the show. Is the baby one? Does the baby get to vote? Your new little brother? I would love no. to see the baby fire you know, someone. Very. <laughs> <laughs> People say actually that he has a little bit of a comb over. So. Yeah. Um, does he? <laughs> no, my dad jokes that Melania does his hair uh, not unlike my father's. Oh, so. she yes. She actually cuts him. my father's hair as well, but she does. She does. I didn't know she that. She does. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. she takes it very Maybe personally a big when his hair isn't flopping. All right, So he literally yeah. got um, dragged out <laughs> by <laughs> no, my dad the, jokes that Melania uh, does his That hair. was that music part. He got dragged out, and I think that's hilarious. He's so funny because he kept touching Ivanka's leg, which I guess that's incredibly inappropriate. This is <laughs> without consent as well. Andy Dick talks shit about Joe Rogan. So anyhow, <laughs> he, he, um, he, he, Phil Harmon died. And then, but but right before, I would say a month before the tragedy happened, he called me. Maybe it was two months. I was in rehab. Yeah. This was my first time in rehab. Right. I don't know if you know, but I've been to rehab 11 times. Yeah. So here's my first time in rehab. He calls me. The only cast member, once again, from News Radio that called me. 
while I was in rehab. Everyone else, I was a stinky turd. Uh, Did you get along with Rogan? No. I hated him. He was so mean. He would make the ladies cry. Um, We're we're friends now. Well, he was just a, a, what's it called, a misogynist, a masochist. He he was a a lady hater. What's that word? Misogynist. Misogynist. He, He just, and I think maybe still is, I don't know. But he would get down on me in front of the NBC executives. You're high right now, dick. You fucking freak. If you just went out in your chair and you smoked pot, you fucker, he's high right now. In front of, like, the NBC executives, and I I was close to tears. Clearly, this something. is before his four-way into yeah, a that's pot. The, that's the irony of the whole fucking Has thing. Has he apologized to you for that? No, but he's, I'm gonna. I'm doing his podcast soon, so, he, right. he, you know, we're friends now. Yeah. And, and, and I, need, I need him to apologize. I really do, because he, it was very upsetting. I dreaded going to work because of him. I hated it. Five years of, of, of hell. So Did he bully well, you? Well, let me tell Joe, you. What? Did Joe bully you? Yes. He was a really big bully. He, you know, he, he was a homophobe. He was a bully. He was straight-edged. No drugs. Now look at him. Yeah. He's a pot advocate. It's, it blows my mind, and it angers me, because I went through hell for five years under his regime. Yeah. It really was the joke. I, I wouldn't even go on the set if I, if I was not in a scene. And a lot of times when you're on a show, you just hang out on the set the whole time. Yeah. Not not me. I just couldn't stand it. He he, he, he drove It was Did it was he have much. that effect on everybody? Or was just yeah, sort of- like I said, he made Maura Tierney cry. He made Vicki Lewis cry. I mean, they would just run to their dressing rooms crying. Huh. He was just a fucking prick. Yeah. He really was. Well, he seems to be born again somehow. So, the pot. Yeah. He relaxed. He, I, I would tell him back then, you need to fucking smoke pot, buddy. You really need Maybe to Maybe he's going to have you on to thank you for finally. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I don't know why. I, I'm glad that, that we're going to reconnect. There it is. Joe Rogan's response to Andy Dick. Hell yeah. He's a bully. Is he a bully? I think he's a bully. Joe Rogan the bully. I believe it. I don't I don't listen. I don't listen to him. And I know that a lot of people love him. And I uh I don't I don't get it. The other night I was at my friend's house and they were listening. We all fell asleep and they had Joe Rogan on and so Joe Rogan was in my dreams and I did not like it. <laughs> I did not want him there. I do not I do not dream about Joe Rogan. No, I do not. Uh, I can't find the stuff. And I don't think he talked that much shit about Joe Rogan. He just called him a bully, which is probably true. Here we go. This is the Andy Dick Show featuring Tom Green, another one of my favorite people, comics, characters. Where did he go? Where did Tom Green go? I don't think Tom has any idea what it takes to be a dick. And if he does, then, you know. Bring it. I have a complicated uh, life here. Uh, Andy Dick would not be able to handle my life. It's it's complicated. Um, I'm Canadian. You've got emphysema. Real celebrities, real issues. In the next 24 hours, Andy Dick and Tom Green will switch places. Will their lives ever be the same after they've been lit? 
morning, Tom. My name is Andy. I don't know if I can get the boys down. He sounds like a gay guy, but gayer. Do you have a big day ahead of you, Tom? Andy. That's my, my name's Andy. <laughs> You're being flipped, you f***ing idiot. Play long. Wow. Like a gay guy. Yep. Is Andy gay? He doesn't know. Okay. You're a real barrel of laughs. Uh, just shut the f*** up. Hi. You back? Gayer. I'm a wild man, buddy, buddy. Tom Green, in the makeup chair, getting a clip in my hair. Ow! Tom Green doesn't like that. Hi there, I'm Andy Dick. Oh good, I got my flipped instructions. I have an important meeting with MTV Networks today at 1 p.m. Good luck. Knock him dead, Tom. You're all set, Andy. I'm Tom Green. I'm here for a meeting. Mm. MTV meeting, Tom Green. Oh, yes, Tom Green. Tom Green. My bum is on the chair. Hi, I'm Andy Dick, and I have a meeting. Tom Green. Buddy. Tom Green. Be right with you. I have a meeting. What are you doing here? I have a meeting. Oh, no. Oh, oh, I get it. This is Tom Green. I'm sorry, but this is Tom Green. I'm Andy Dick. Look oh, up. I do not do this. Look at I. Oh, I'm Tom Green. Tell him I have a meeting. I'm Andy Dick. I'm Andy Dick, and I have a meeting. Oh, look how funny I am. Oh, look how funny I am. Oh, I'm Tom Green. I'm falling out of the We have a meeting right now. I'm Andy Dick. I'm Tom Green. I'm Andy Dick. I'm Tom Green. I'm Andy Dick. I have a meeting. Gentlemen, <clears throat> thank you for dropping by. Um, we wanted to tell you both some exciting news. You're both going to get lifetime MTV contracts. Cool. Tom, you can take the wig and the glasses off. <laughs> you look great. You still got it. Yeah. Should I take mine off? No, just leave it on. Tom, by the way, I'm a big fan of your work. Andy, <clears throat> I haven't seen your show. It, it's been on the network? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, really? We, we, we've got 20 episodes. That's fascinating. But anyways, listen. We're doing more episodes. You are? Yeah. Wow. Why? I mean, speaking as a fan, why? I don't know how to, yeah. I don't know how to answer that. All right, well, think about I it. I signed the contract, that's why. You did? <laughs> Where'd you get that? I think it came from your office. Oh, uh, I don't know. Anyways. Tom, your contract is going to be for $28 million American. And it's going to start with uh, new episodes of The Tom Green Show. Thank you. Andy Dick? Yes, sir. Your contract will be for exactly no dollars American, and it will entail that you never set foot on MTV property again. <laughs> All right, that's well, good. congratulations, good. boys. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Thanks. It's going to be fun. Ring. Sorry, I'm busy. That's incredible. You got $28 million. I think I got $0 in a restraining order. I don't think that's so good. Just give him a call tomorrow, Andy. Really? Give him okay. a call tomorrow. I know this guy. Okay. He's okay. good. Okay, good. Hey, I have something I want to show you in my trunk. Yeah, yeah, cool. What is it? Oh, you'll see. Murder! MTV gave us a budget like we've never had before. I think it's going to work out really well. I'm Tom Green. Tom Green. What are you looking at? I'm Tom Green. We got some good news. We got some bad news. Um... Give me, can you give me the, the, the bad news. What's the bad, bad news? news? Okay. DeBrat doesn't want to do the Andy Dick show. 
What's the good news? She wants to do the Tom Green show. Hello, I'm Tom Green, and I'm here with the rap. What's and, up? And my friend Glenn from childhood, Glenn the brat. Hey. I'm oh. all up in the hazy, baby. Uh, Glenn, she's all up in my hizzy. No, uh, hazy. Hazy. Yeah. Hazy. Today we're going to get groceries. 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 Man, what the hell is wrong with you? Oh. The mustache she touched him and started coming off there. Are you all right, Doctor? Do you think is she buying it? There's me, Tom Green. I'm Tom Green. Let's get out and buy some groceries. We're buying groceries. 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 Oh my god! I'm Tom Green. What if I sign you with like groin? Tom Green's groin. Oh. I can't push it down big ass. Go there. Oh. I like milk. Tom! Milk! Hi. Canadian omelet. Canadian omelet. Hi, I'm gonna hump you. Hi, this is Tom Green. I'm gonna hump Excuse you. Me. How are you today? A scooter. I'm going faster and faster on a scooter. I'm on a scooter! The rock! Popcorn. Popcorn. Glenn. 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 Do you take requests? No. This is the Tom Green Show. It's no. not the Green Tom Show. This no. is my favorite show. Because it's my show. I'm Tom Green. I'm Tom Green. Do you want a piece of Tom Green? Stop it! 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 Okay, that was hilarious. Uh, I enjoyed it very much. That was Andy Dick being Tom Green because Tom Green is an idiot and he was just th throwing milk around and stuff. This is the scene from Freddie Got Fingered. Um, Rachel Pinson should be here soon with her lovely dog, Mister, and Pancake is supposedly on his way. He has my groceries. I accidentally left my groceries in his trunk last night. I want my berries. This is Daddy, would you like some sausages? <laughs> What in the name of sweet breakfast meat are you doing? For your information, this is me being creative. Betty told me this is what I need to do in order to become an artist. Oh, yeah? Is it working? I don't know. I can't think of anything to draw because I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. This is kind of funny, Gore. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Maybe you can't see it because he's your dad, but he's a character, your dad. He is? Yeah. 
He's a character? Oh, shit, it's your dad. He's a real character. He's a real character. Bye, Mr. Mrs. He's Brody. A real character. Bye, Mr. Mrs. He's a real Brody. character. Sausage. Oh, look, honey, our boy's a genius. He's rigged a pulley system so he can eat sausage and work on his stupid drawings. I'm being creative. Now, if you'll excuse me, I still have some work to do. Daddy, would you like some sausage? Daddy, would you like some sausages? Daddy, would you like some sausage? Sausages! Sausages! Now you just get outside and you just cool off. If this were Pakistan, you would have been sewing soccer balls when you were four years old. All right, I'm trying to get this Tom Green Celebrity Apprentice, this is not happening, uncensored um, video, and I'm having trouble having it come through. So I'm going to keep trying. But you're listening to MutinyRadio.com. FM and .sf, and I'm really hoping that I can get this. Come on, YouTube, you're a poopy, a poopy doopers. All right, it's not coming up, so sorry. Sorry, everyone. Okay. My friends should be here soon to do stuff with me. I believe they're coming. Uh, that's like a cat voice I do, right? Uh, let's put in a little CD and chill out for a sec. Go, okay, go to mutinyradio.fm and press the donate button. And last night, oh, it was so fun. We had the outdoor comedy, and I had really, I think I had a good set. I, I felt really good about it. Um, all clean stuff. We have to work clean from now on, but that's okay. I mean, good. And it's, I think that we all sort of need to you know, um, practice that being clean because we just have to, oh, we just have to know that's the way it is and that's okay. Um, here is some cool music from, remember the old 120 minutes on MTV? I remember that. You should remember that too. This is some cool music.
that song's really funny because they're saying, follow me, don't follow me. I said it. You need me talking about Instagram or Facebook. No. No, because it's from the 90s when there was none of that. Follow me, don't follow me. They were just talking about literally following somebody. Remember how that used to go? All right. Cool. More music here on mutinyradio.fm. I'm just hanging out, waiting for my buddies and playing some music. And we're going to see what happens when they show up. You can always give me a call, 415-550-0511 if you want to say something. Cool. Okay. Bye. This is not a
Stay tuned for more rock and roll. Rock and roll radio here on mutinyradio.fm. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, friends are coming soon. I promise it won't just be me talking. Little old me. In the studio, hanging out, 
just here at Mutiny Radio because it gives me some structure in my life in these crazy COVID times, but it seems like things are opening back up. Are they? I mean, and now this crazy, my buddies are, you know, what do we know? We're just a bunch of comedians. But people start, there. they're like, all right, well, the second wave is going to come. And I'm thinking like, well, so what about like Italy or whatever? Have they had their second wave yet? Or are there other numbers from places or now with the new information I don't know I don't know what's going on I don't know it's gonna play some music trying to keep things tiny trying to keep big things small I've been doing tiny tiny kitchen with my buddy Rachel Pinson and I've been writing tiny poems uh tiny tiny haiku poems with my friend Aaron Atkins who's back in town very very funny young man good set last night Go back and listen to the happy hour from last night. Um, I'm pretty proud of my set. I did a dumb joke in the middle, but it was clean, so you know. All right, more music here on Mutiny Radio.
equals x.
I must believe they are coming soon. My friends, Rachel Pinson and Pancake. I know, and I really want Pancake to come because he has my groceries and I am starving. I'm so hungry. Oh, I'm so dumb that I left my food. I should have taken it with me last night. I only took half of it and I took the wrong half. Anyway, so here we are at Mutiny Radio. Excited about the Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl that's going to be playing tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Just downloaded that. And we're going to see tomorrow if we're going to do Tiny Kitchen. I bought a bunch of stuff to make tiny cookies. Tiny, tiny, because we were going to cook them with a light bulb, perhaps. I also got some tiny cake mix, uh, and I got some tiny frosting to see if we could make some tiny cakes, like a little pettifors, maybe. I don't know. Tinier than pettifors. Tiny, tiny, tiny. Tiny pans. All right. Uh, hey, some more music here from from old cool stuff and um, boy have I been feeling emo lately Uh, so let's get into that right because Morrissey right
she's here. She made it. And Mister's here too, which is very exciting. It sounds like he actually has a lot to say here. He's a very, very vocal pup, and uh, he's ba he's back, back in the life of Roach, uh, who you can listen to on Tuesdays from four to six. Always free podcast. Get your Rainbow Family updates here at MutinyRadio.fm, here in .sf. And Mr. is drinking some water. And so how did the reading go last night? Did you do a reading with, oh, with Chris Caligaro? I wanted to. Okay, this one. I, I wanted sure. to, but I worked until seven, so ah, it was, it was I didn't, six. I didn't do anything. I didn't even drink. It was so you, weird. I didn't do anything. Wow, you didn't drink. You took a night off of drinking. I I was actually pretty together. I didn't drink that much until until later when I all of a sudden all of a sudden there was a bottle of whiskey in front of me, and I was I ended up drinking a lot of whiskey. So it, I was having a lot of fun. Shout out to Burgeon. Yeah, shout out. It was, I mean, all of a sudden there was whiskey there and I was like, okay, I'm going to drink. And I didn't even, because I don't have a sense of taste right now, so I was just kind of drinking it. And then I don't remember a good portion of a section of time. And then all of a sudden I was at my house with Aaron Atkins and I was like, how did we get here? And he reminded me how we got there and I don't remember any of that. I guess the Uber that picked us up was an old cop car and we got in and I was freaking out. I was like, this is a cop car. We're in the back ah. of a cop car. Because I was like in the middle of a blackout, right? So I don't, so I guess I was like, I was there, but then I kept, I, anyways, he, Aaron told me, he was like, you were, you, you were really funny because you kept forgetting and saying it over like, why are we in a cop car? <laughs> but it was just a <laughs> cop car that was decommissioned that had become an Uber. So. And probably sells drugs on the side. And I'm sure. Who's not selling drugs on the side now? It's the Every, now everyone I know who drives an old cop car sells drugs. I'm just out of the cop car. But in the Midwest, it's like it's just pot. It's not like, you know. Right. It's not like real drugs or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <clears throat> Scaring fun, the fun times. Fun times. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, yeah, last night was wild and wacky. And I... I had all these groceries because I always, like, I go to grocery outlet before my show on Friday to get a bottle of wine, and then I end up buying a ton of groceries, <laughs> so I bought all these groceries, but then I, Pancake convinced me to leave them in his car, and I should have brought them in. He's like, you don't want to be the person that shows up with a gro I was like, why not? And so anyways... I listen. I appreciate the person that shows up with the groceries. Yeah, exactly. Why and is Pancake trying to deny people snacks? I don't know. There were so and just because he doesn't want to eat any. The snacks, hmm. the the bag that I had that had half my groceries was basically the non snacks, and the snacks stayed in the car. Like there were there were raspberries and blackberry. Like I had all these foods that I was. Anyway, I should have brought them in. So now I'm like waiting for him to come bring me groceries because I'm starving. <laughs> so. Oh, I have a bond me. Do you want? It? I bought two. Oh, uh, well, we could put some music. What do we? we I'm just glad that we're we could do a YouTube wars. Yeah, YouTube's been weird. Oh, it has. But you can, yeah, yeah. Set set it up. What what song do you wanna? Well, or you wanna freak me out with a video? I Earlier, I was playing Andy Dick clips because I love Andy Dick and Tom Green, uh, and I I love both those guys because I don't know it's just Andy Dick's so absurd and so is Tom Green he just acts like a big dummy and I you know what I was just I just revisited um oh what is it called whenever they have dinner with the the president and they invite 
comedians come on? Oh. Well, I watched it from 2006 with Bush, and they had uh, Stephen Colbert. Oh. And I think they thought that he was a conservative comedian and didn't realize it was satire uh-huh. and let him do a speech and it was so good oh well you should look that up yeah i'm that? trying to think of what the um 2006 colbert roasts george w bush you know you know what's so funny about bush is that at the time i can't think of the correspondence dinner that's Correspond- what it is it's called the correspondence dinner uh they had one this year trump didn't go and uh, michelle wolf was the i didn't see it but but I just thought it was so like he does so many sick burns, sick burns. Well, you know, the thing I love about Stephen Colbert, and they thought he was they thought like I think they realized halfway through like, oh, this guy actually like, you know, he, he, this is facetious. I think they thought he right. was just a conservative well, he, comedian. He, he but, plays both sides of the fence. That's why I love yeah. about Stephen Colbert is he makes fun equally of Democrats, Republicans, independents, Green Party. He didn't give a fuck. He, he'll make fun of anybody so it's a clear uh it was a clear satire after a while but i just thought it was it was brilliant and i it's like 2006 you know like and so so bush to set up the scene bush is still our um that guy that uh, you I, know i used to uh, be president it's really hard even though he's, he's not he's great. our president him. anymore you miss you miss, I miss bush him. i miss bush so much He's. He, I used to think he was terrible, and then it couldn't get any worse because he was so dumb. But no, no, it's gotten much worse. And I'm very excited because now, like, he's an art. He's like a mediocre artist, and I just think that's so cute. He did a self portrait of himself in the shower. It's just really cute. George W. Bush's. Yeah, art. I feel like he'd be more fun to party with and less uh, fun Hell as yeah. commander in chief. But so one thing I just can't get over is that like. Uh, you know, after we left Desert Storm, like he started a war in the Middle East that's still going on. It's been going on for, but technically not eighteen years. Technically, nineteen we're, years. We're not at war. We're in operations and skirmishes. Yeah, and that's why we couldn't. That's why Mutiny Radio. I no still longer... can't think that he's a cool guy because I can't shake that evil. Yeah, it's it's evil. But uh, I was. Uh, it's not a real war though. That's why we got fined by the FCC and we turned into Mutiny Radio from Pirate Cat because we had a shortwave tower and we thought that we could use it. During there's an FCC regulation from 1942 that if you're in a time of war, uh, you can have a shortwave radio station as long as you keep it clean and do news every 10 minutes, every hour for 10 minutes. And so we were operating under that the, that guise, and then we found out when he stood on the aircraft carrier and said, mission accomplished, that we were no longer at war. We're just in operations and skirmishes. So that's why the FCC came after us and tried to fine us $10,000 because they're like, you're not allowed. Why they keep deploying all my cousins to the Middle East then? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it is crazy. It's because we're not tech. We're not just, we're just not. It's just, it's semantics. Yeah, it is. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. I was watching this video of all the videos of the protesting. There's this one, and it's this young black guy in his military uniform, and he's just yelling at the cops in New York. And he's like, this is how you're going to treat citizens. Like, I come back from the war, and this is how you treat us. And he said what was striking to me. He's like, my mom was in Afghanistan. My dad was in Afghanistan. And I'm like, wow, we've been there for so long that they have a grown-ass man Come back. who's come back whose parents were both in the same war wow. and he's like telling these cops like if you want to kill people you can go to iraq like oh. which is still kind of like military brainwashed yeah. but i was like man that's like someone like my dad who wants to support the troops support the troops and that's the most important thing and blah right. blah blah like uh 
I think that would it like that would strike him. He'd be like, yeah. wow, here's a real vet telling these police officers that they're not serving their country. They're being terrorists. Yeah, absolutely. Domestic terrorists. Yeah. Yeah. Waging war against their own people. Maybe well, here's Stephen Colbert here. being funny. Yeah, this is 2006 uh, White House Correspondents' Dinner. Wow. It's wow, what really honor. good. The White House Correspondents' Dinner. To actually, to, to sit here at the same table with my hero, George W. Bush. To be, to be this close to the man. I, I feel like I'm dreaming. Somebody pinch me. You know what? I'm, I'm a pretty sound sleeper. That may not be enough. Somebody shoot me in the face. <laughs> is he really not here tonight? Damn it. The one guy who could have helped. Um, by the way, before I, I get started, if anybody needs anything else at their tables, just speak slowly and clearly into your table numbers. Someone from the NSA will be right over with a cocktail. Mark Smith, ladies and gentlemen of the press corps, Madam First Lady, Mr. President, my name is Stephen Colbert, and tonight it is my privilege to celebrate this president. Because we're not so different, he and I. We both get it. Guys like us, we're not some brainiacs on the nerd patrol. We're not members of the factanista. We go straight from the gut. Right, sir? That's where the truth lies. Right down here in the gut. Do you know you have more nerve endings in your gut than you have in your head? You can look it up. Now I know some of you are going to say, I did look it up, and that's not true. That's because you looked it up in a book. Next time, look it up in your gut. I did. My gut tells me that's how our nervous system works. Every night on my show, The Colbert Report, I speak straight from the gut, okay? I give people the truth unfiltered by rational argument. I call it the no-fact zone. Fox News, I hold a copyright on that term. I'm a simple man with a simple mind. I hold a simple set of beliefs that I live by. Number one, I believe in America. I believe it exists. My gut tells me I live there. I feel that it extends from the Atlantic to the Pacific. And I strongly believe it has 50 states. And I cannot wait to see how the Washington Post spins that one tomorrow. I believe in democracy. I believe democracy is our greatest export, at least until China figures out a way to stamp it out of plastic for three cents a unit. <laughs> As a matter of fact, um, Ambassador Zhou Enzhong, uh, welcome. Your great country makes our happy meals possible. <laughs> I said it's a celebration. I believe the government that governs best is the government that governs least. And by these standards, we have set up a fabulous government in Iraq. I believe, I believe in pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. I believe it is possible. I saw this guy do it once in Cirque du Soleil. It was magical. 
And though I am a committed Christian, I believe that everyone has the right to their own religion, be you Hindu, Jewish, or Muslim. I believe there are infinite paths to accepting Jesus Christ as your personal savior. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I believe it's yogurt. But I refuse to believe it's not butter. Most of all, I believe in this president. Now, I know there's some polls out there saying that, that this man has a 32% approval rating. But guys like us, we don't, we don't pay attention to the polls. We know that, that polls are just a collection of statistics that reflect what people are thinking in reality. <laughs> and reality has a well-known liberal bias. <laughs> so, Mr. President, please, please pay no attention to the people who say the glass is half full. 32% means the glass. <laughs> Important to set up your jokes properly, sir. <laughs> sir, pay no attention to the people who say the glass is half empty. Because 32% means it's two-thirds empty. There's still some liquid in that glass, is my point. But I wouldn't drink it. The last third is usually backwash. Okay. Look, folks, my point is that I don't believe this is a low point in this presidency. I believe it is just a lull before a comeback. I mean, it's, it's like the movie Rocky, all right? The president in this case is Rocky Balboa, and Apollo Creed is everything else in the world. <laughs> it's the tenth round. He's bloodied. His corner man, Mick, who in this case, I guess, would be the vice president. He's yelling, cut me, Dick, cut me. And every time he falls, everyone says, stay down, Rock, stay down. But does he stay down? No. Like Rocky, he gets back up, and in the end, he actually loses in the first movie. Um, hmm. Okay, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The point is, it is the heartwarming story of a man who is repeatedly punched in the face. So don't pay attention to the approval ratings that say that 68% of Americans disapprove of the job this man is doing. I ask you this, does that not also logically mean that 68% approve of the job he's not doing? <laughs> Think about it. I haven't. I stand by this man. I stand by this man because he stands for things. Not only for things, he stands on things. Things like aircraft carriers and rubble and recently flooded city squares. And that sends a strong message that no matter what happens to America, she will always rebound with the most powerfully staged photo ops in the world. Now there may be an energy crisis. Well, this this president has a very forward-thinking energy policy. Why do you think he's down on the ranch cutting that brush all the time? He's trying to create an alternative energy source. By 2008, we will have a mesquite-powered car. <laughs> and I, and I, I just like the guy. He's a good Joe. Obviously loves his wife. Just calls her his better half. And polls show America agrees.
She's a, she's a true lady and a wonderful woman. But I, I, just, I, just, have, I just have one beef, ma'am. I'm sorry, but um, this reading initiative. I've, I'm sorry, I've never been a fan of books. I don't trust them. They're all fact, no heart. I mean, they're elitists telling us what is or isn't true or what did or didn't happen. Who's Britannica to tell me the Panama Canal was built in 1914? If I want to say it was built in 1941, that's my right as an American. I'm with the president. Let history decide what did or did not happen. The greatest thing about this man is he's steady. You know where he stands. He believes the same thing Wednesday that he believed on Monday, no matter what happened Tuesday. <laughs> Events can change. This man's beliefs never will. And, and, and as, as excited as I am to be here with the president, I am appalled to be surrounded by the liberal media that is destroying America, with the exception of Fox News. <laughs> Fox News gives you both sides of every story, the president's side and the vice president's side. <laughs> but the rest of you, what are you thinking? reporting on NSA wiretapping or secret prisons in Eastern Europe. Those things are secret for a very important reason. They're super depressing. <laughs> and if that's your goal, well, misery accomplished. Over the last five years, you people were so good over, uh, over, over tax cuts, WMD intelligence, the effect of global warming, we Americans didn't want to know, and you had the courtesy not to try to find out. Those were good times, as far as we knew. But listen, let's review the rules. Here's how it works. The president makes decisions. He's the decider. The press secretary announces those decisions, and you people of the press type those decisions down. Make, announce, type. Just put them through a spell check and go home. Get to know your family again. Make love to your wife. Write that novel you got kicking around in your head. You know, the one about the intrepid Washington reporter with the courage to stand up to the administration? You know, fiction. Because really, what, 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 what? incentive do these people have to answer your questions after all? I mean, nothing satisfies you. Everybody asks for personnel changes. So, the White House has personnel changes. And then you write, oh, they're just rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. First of all, that is a terrible metaphor. They're, 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 this administration is not sinking. This administration is soaring. If anything, they are rearranging the deck chairs on the Hindenburg. <laughs> Members of the White House Correspondents Association, Madam First Lady, Mr. President, it's been a true honor. Thank you very much. Good night. Yay. Yay, Colbert. Yeah. It's just Stuck easier it sometimes for me to live in the past. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, 2006, remember I remember. When Bush was the only thing I had to worry about? I remember 2006. Wow. Um, I was still working at Ethan Allen. I was living, I was still married. I was living in San Diego. Um, OK Go was a my big band. Brother there, graduated then. high school. Oh my gosh. Yeah, 2006. 
was a very good year. And that was 14. It's just so funny how, like, it doesn't seem that long ago that, you know, the Killers were a good band. And that was 2006. I really liked when Steven said, uh, I think the best government is no government at all. And that's how I know we set up a good government in Iraq. Mm -hmm. Like, ooh, that's a big bush burn. Big burning bush. <laughs> oh, big burning bush. I miss him now, though. I got to be honest. I, I never thought it could get this bad. Or it's so scary with the. So my buddy is a doctor and she just she just said, everybody's opening up. The second wave is coming. Yeah. She's like, don't she's like, be safe. Don't leave. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, because I've been out the whole time. So. And not I'm and I don't think that I don't know. Is is that is being outside? Is that behavior dangerous? I mean, I'm not grouping with people. I think it's more like being in close quarters with the general public. That is the concern, you know? Yeah. I, I saw a bunch of protest things, and I've been seeing people not distancing at all. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm interested. I'm actually, hey, uh, if a thousand people die, I, I hope that deal is still on. I hope the original deal is still on the table. Oh. A thousand dead people. Second wave. Come on out. More than a thousand people have died. No, no, in San Francisco. It has to oh, be in San Francisco. In San Francisco. Oh, I have the statistics. We could look them up. Uh, well, it's only been like, I think it's only been like 36 people in San Francisco who have died. Just not enough people. I'm oh. sorry. I'm making a joke. It's not a funny joke. It's a very small, it really only kills a small percentage of people. There's definitely more people that recover than die, which is some of the people's arguments of like, oh, this is not any worse than any regular flu. But it's like, this is something we haven't seen before. So that makes sense. What? Thank you so much. The sandwich is so good. Just a shout out. Faux on Bryant, 20th and Bryant. They have a secret special $2 bon me. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Their bread like, is really good. I like their bread. I was like, I might as well get two. Thank you so just much, Just in case somebody oh needs God. a sandwich. And I'm <laughs> glad I did. That's what Scott always does. He just gets two just in case. Uh, so you're looking up COVID numbers. The other thing that you found that you said was really good is the new Dave Chappelle special. Yeah, Which I haven't seen yet. I'm kind of excited. He's like kind of sneaky. Really, it's really interesting to watch it as a comic because it's not as polished. He said like normally he wouldn't put something out that wasn't so polished, you know. And he even looks in his notebook. Whoa! And I'm pretty sure he's drunk the whole time. And he's just riffing. But he's uh, no, he's talking about some real shit. But he's talking about what's going on. He's talking about George Floyd. Whoa! Like the so eight, this just eight minutes out. and forty six seconds is like how long? It, yeah, it just came out. He just released it like wow. Friday. Yeah. Wow. Well, cool. And um, before they take it off of YouTube and make us. Pay, pay for, for it through it. netflix or something yeah right um yeah he's like he even said i'm sorry guys i hope you forgive me just about like you know um i i the, the, he released a statement with it i could look for it but right now i'm still looking for the statistics um i had this website i would go to it was like live updates during the first oh, I outbreak remember. of the rona and i was just like uh why do i keep doing this to there myself? was a little boy who made a website that had all the up-to-date numbers and all that kind of stuff that I was sort of obsessively watching in the beginning. Here we go, the coronavirus dashboard. Let's see how many people died in San Francisco. Not enough. <laughs> I had a I had a deal. I had a deal with a friendly comic uh, that I have a, a insane crush on, and he said that if a thousand people died in San Francisco, that he would have sex with me. 
And so I'm like counting the numbers. I'm holding him, I'm holding it to him to it. Uh, oh, you know what? This just has California. It doesn't have San Francisco, specifically. San Francisco specifically. But in California, we had 4,999 people die of COVID. Right. And I know that in L.A. County, there was like 1,111. And I thought that was cool because it was 1111. And again, over 1,000. <laughs> but not here in San Francisco. Those are just confirmed COVID, like People can die of all kinds of things and not get tested. You know, like, my Aunt Emma right before this died of pneumonia. And I'm like, man, she was dying of pneumonia before it was cool. You know, and now everybody's dying of pneumonia from COVID. Hmm. Hmm. Trendsetters, my family. Oh, yeah. The, um, I was looking it up the other day. I was looking for your intervention. I was going to see Rufus the dog. <laughs> I couldn't heroin, find it. It's the heroin triangle. Is you have to pay like it's called Hillbilly Heroin. Is the uh, episode, and you have to pay like four bucks to see it or something. Yeah, and I'm like, man, I'll just go to a bootleg site. Yeah. Um, this is pirate radio. You're listening to Mutiny Radio dot FM. Here in dot SF, eating in a delicious sandwich with Rachel Pinson. Uh, last night's comedy was, it worked. I'm excited to do clean comedy now. Did uh, Alyssa Westerling come by? Yes, she did. Oh, man. I'm sorry. She, I missed it. I wanted um, to be there. She did. She she accidentally fuck sweared twice, but it was okay because I yelled at her. <laughs> um, It was good. I mean, there were a lot of people, and they appreciated They thought it was funny that we were trying to be clean because they've been with us in the past, and they're like, wow. And then someone was like, Pam, you weren't really clean. And I'm like, I was absolutely clean. And they're like, well, you, you can't really talk about masturbation. I said, that's, that's a PG topic. Is that not a PG topic? Maybe it's a PG-13 topic. Okay, so deaths. Oh, this is still just in California. See, I can't find San Francisco. Oh, 44. We're only at 44 deaths in San Francisco. 44, not County, not. which is San Francisco. <laughs> 44. Oh, hey, oh, Pancake made it. Pancake, <laughs> we were thinking about watching the... Um, the Dave Chappelle special. The Dave Chappelle. Oh, no. My butter must have melted. Sad. That's a f- Sad. The <laughs> butter. Yeah, those are greasy groceries. Bummer. Well, no, it's just because of yeah, the, the, the butter side. must have see. melted on the... There it is. I see the butter melted a little. It's all good. Uh, I am a butter lover. Huh. Whose joke is that? That's... Yeah. That's Jack joke. There's like no one identifies themselves as a butter lover. I do. I identify as a butter lover. Wait, he's never been to Wisconsin, man. I I straight up identify as a butter lover. Who's not a butter lover? Like sometimes I eat potatoes just to People eat people who are lactose intolerant. Oh, but it's not that they don't love it. It's just that they can't have it. Right. And then they're just jealous of the rest of us. Mm, vegans. Vegans. But that's a choice. Oh, that was funny. Even Ellis Westerland. That was some of her clean material. She was talking about vegan butter. Oh, and how it's perfectly good lube. Is it perfectly good lube? I guess it that is. That was one of the things she used to say. Well, that it, vegan butter makes good lube. She might have said that. I wasn't paying too much attention. But she did talk about vegan butter for a while. I like how, like, everyone defines clean comedy as something different. Because it's like, what? I just talked about, like, murder and, and masturbation. Oh, that was clean. I didn't cuss once. <laughs> right. Like, people are like, oh, is that still child appropriate? It's like, I don't know. You can't please everybody. Can't please everybody. Well, we tried. We tried to please everybody on the street, and I didn't. I didn't get a complaint. Pancake can please everybody. I hear no complaints. I entertained everybody. 
That's my job. Everyone was laughing. Everyone said I killed it. I resurrected it and then cooked it up. Ate it alive. Sounds kid friendly. I had a, I had a pretty good set. No. I didn't. Um, I did a joke in the middle that was kind of dumb, but it's like the first joke I ever remember memorizing. But everything else was. I was I was very happy with how I performed, and I felt I was per, I was playing comfortable. I was I looked comfortable on TV, even mm-hmm. though on the inside, I felt like a duck swimming. And not, not, you know, not because of my comedy, but I was, I was, I thought I felt real good about being funny. So we'll see what happens next week. It was a good show. Good turnout. Yeah. I'm really sorry I missed it. I worked until seven and didn't get home until 730. And then I'm like, well, by the time I come all the way to the station. Yeah. It would have been over, but I could always hear it. That's the wonderful thing about Uni Radio is that we can listen to it after the fact. Or live. You should have come. Or live. You can always come down because we're usually here. Yeah. Pancake and I were here until like 9.30. I think I was just bummed that I missed both the show and the reading because I had to work because I'm essential. I don't want to be essential anymore. Right? Um, Oh, that sandwich was so good. Thank you so much. Do you like bombies? I like being paid for work can i get a job rachel can you get it i can't hire you what i'm not i was told you were the gatekeeper no that's not what i said i said that if you were to ask so you she would know the person at her yeah work i to mean call i could try it's like people ask a lot um but the thing is is after covid started they started limiting the amount of people in the building at a time and only trying to have the people that were necessary and stuff and they weren't hiring new people because sometimes during when we have to do certain things at my job, they hire more people. But yes, essential. Like They've all been an executioner, a guard, <laughs> uh, yeah, a rook, a bishop. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm just a pawn. I'm an account manager. Oh, you're just a pawn. I'm just a pawn. You're I'm an account manager. They want chessboard position open, open for you. Why are you looking for a job? Well, on account of cuz this dog is eating something strange on the ground. Mister, leave it. All right, leave it. Um, probably. Well, I was um relieved of duty. You get to be on. You get to get no, unemployment now. That's exciting. You get to have unemployment. I don't think they're firing me. They're just cutting my hours. Can you see what he was eating? Yeah, think, I'll look. I'll use it? my X-ray vision. I'm like worried now. I'm like, what, what, well, was, what was he eating? I mean, I, I didn't drop any uh, pop food last night, so it couldn't have been that. If a dog eats something, you, <laughs> you, you just you just demand over and over at varying volumes what's in your mouth or spit it out well guess what i've never had a dog relinquish anything that was in its mouth he's pretty good like if i tell him to to leave it he usually leaves it my dog used to go in the cat box and eat the kitty roca which is oh God. which is cat poo that. that is rolled yeah. and dipped. That's how they get worms. In sand. Oh. 
Uh, cat sand. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's terrible news. That's really hard to to think about. I never let my dog lick my face, and everyone thought I was this heartless monster. They're like, "Why don't you let your dog lick your face?" And I said, "Because I've seen what he eats." Yeah, I don't let my dog lick my face. I don't. Either. I'm not into that. Which cat? he's not a big licker. So these, whenever, are, these are old. These are whenever I'm petting him and he just gives me a little lick on the hand. I'm like, oh, I'm worthy of your kisses. <laughs> my my cats were crazy. kissing me today. It was Zerdon was all up in my face kissing me and it was nice. And then I realized, oh, he's just hungry. Uh, and <laughs> m- little Mister Poopy Butthole was similarly like push pushing on me and being so sweet. And then I'd get up to go potty and she was like, meow 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 meow. And I was like, oh, you're hungry. You don't love me. It's crazy just that hungry. cats don't meow at each other. They meow to talk to humans. Yeah, it's true. I had a friend who had a cat, Dixie, and she lived with her for 10 years alone in New York, never heard her meow. And then she moved in with her husband in L.A., and he would yell from her the other room, and then her cat started meowing. Like, what? I can do that? I can just meow and she comes? Like, wow. Yeah, magic. It's, that's when the cat figures it out. She's like, wow, I've had this cat for 10 years and I never heard it meow until my husband keeps bitching at me from the other room. Does it, does it, did it do the click clicks when they go? That's how cats talk to each other. They go. Or when you see a, if they see a bird outside, they'll start muttering to themselves in cat. I've heard like a, I've heard a cat mimic a bird sound before on the roof. I'm like, dang, predator, nice. I've heard cats mimic babies. They sound like babies crying. Oh, that's disturbing. So that you think that that's a smart cat, I believe. That's, I think that's what my dog does. He does get this high-pitched bark that just sounds like he's like, help me, help me. Like when I tied him up outside to get the bombies, he was like barking the whole time. There, okay. there are bears right in the forest issues. that have learned to scream like uh, a woman in terror. And so they will just make this noise and, and maybe pull some some people into the forest to go find this woman sure in distress. Goat? I love goats. Goats sound like screaming women sometimes. Mm. Maybe maybe the bears learned it from the goat. Shrieking, uh, comical shrieking from a goat. From uh, a goat, yeah. That's what I hear. That's what I hear when I hear a goat go. Ah! Do, you, do you eat goat? Have you eaten goat before, no. Rachel? Do you like? I like goat, goat cheese. Goat a lot. cheese, but you've never had goat. No, I, I should. Land. I mean, I should have another dinner party this week, and I should make goat. Okay, I'll eat it. Cause I make I it. make tasty, tasty goat, and and my halal place across the street has. Goat or Taste. lamb? Goat. 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 Goat is the pig of lamb. The goat is like, like you know how lamb's really red? Yeah. Pig, I mean, like goat is kind of like that, but not that red. So that's why it's more like a pig. It's good. It's great. And it's like, yeah. And they eat everything. So delicious. Oh. Sure. I should give you some. So younger dollars. isn't always okay. better? Just get another one later. Younger is is always better that because a kid baby goats are more tender than adult goats for sure. But it also, depending on the cut of meat, this, it's how how you cook it differently. You know. Oh. Like if I had goat chops, I would grill them um, on a on a flame real hot and not too long. Shoop, shoop, and then they'd be oh so nice. But mm. if it's a goat leg or any other part like the from the 
the belly like you would uh, slow cook it for a long time. But um, grapeseed oil and mint goes really good with lamb. Ooh, yeah. If you can afford grapeseed oil. Sure. Well, and also grapeseed oil <laughs> is great because it's, it has a high smoking point. So you can get yeah. your pan super, super hot. And when you put the oil in, it won't, you know, catch on fire or have off flavors like, you know, good stuff. You can deep fry with it. Should we watch this Dave Chappelle or do we have other? I'm, my brain is just like uh, the, the party drugs from last night, man. It was a little too intense. Like, what did they give it, you? It's the end times. I was I Who was on the monkey. Pam? I was on the monkey tranquilizer. Who drugged the pan? The monkey tranquilizer. Well, that's what that stuff is. They give it to monkeys, cats, and horses when they want to operate on them because you don't want to respiratorily mess with it. Like if you, it's more dangerous, especially if you're going to be doing multiple things with an animal. So like my buddies worked at the monkey farm in UC Davis, and that's what they called it, but it was really the primate center, whatever. Okay. And so. If you have to, if you have to do something to an animal, lots and lots and lots, it's in they're small like a monkey. It's bad to depress their respiratory system and make them go to sleep. It's the same thing like putting. They they would rather keep you awake for a surgical procedure, as a human, than knock you out. That's dangerous. You can die, and so it's the same thing with cats, and um, horses and monkeys. So they give them ketamine, because it's a disassociative, and you can operate on them when they're still awake, oh because. My God. So that's the whole thing is that's when people fall into a K-hole. A lot of times it'll be like like rapey, terrible things can happen to girls at parties if they give them ketamine, too much of it. And then because they'll just like – it doesn't – you're not really there. Like it's such a dissociative that you huh. – you wouldn't – I was hanging on for dear life. Yeah? <laughs> you felt- I, I had most of my faculties. Most of my – I got up – I burst out of a couch – that was that was you know three inches off the ground, and I I burst into the the restroom to vacate my uh, uh what what's the uh, esophagus? Oh, you threw yeah. up? Oh no. Yes. Oh, that's I'm sorry about that. It was it was like being the most drunk I've ever been. Yeah. Huh. I I was at Burning Man this year, and Davy Kirsch. Who's uh another? She's a, she's a comedian here in the city. Really, I think you guys know Davy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. She's also a really great stripper. Yeah, she's a great yeah. stripper. She Wait, how do you describes know? herself as great stripper, shitty comedian. But I'm like, I don't know. I think she she's was, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, she killed it the night at the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was uh, just a Debbie Kirsch story super quickly before. You oh yeah, she. So I on stage actually took off all my clothes and did a cheer with my boobs flopping out everywhere, and no one threw money at me. But she did a little strip thing and did something on the pole, and everyone threw money at her. She made like twenty bucks, and I was kind of, I was a little, I was like, that's kind of shitty for all the strippers downstairs that are like working, and she's like right. taking all the money that they could have made. Exactly. Well, and from she comedians too. Like, but I was just like, she, I got no one can get money. I showed out of everybody comedians. my titties, and I you didn't give me any money. And then she gets up there and does a little pool trick, and everybody gives her money. Maybe that's the difference between being a cheerleader and being a stripper. Yeah. Well, she's yeah. a blonde, and her her skin is very fair. You you spend a lot of time sunbathing, Pam. Well, this was in this was at the end of this um, was at the like end of February. This was this uh, now was, we know what pancake finds attractive. This is this is at the, this was the end of the end of February, right before COVID started. It was the last sweet spot. <laughs> I remember the night perfectly because i had i was booked on three different shows and billy 
picked me up in his car, but there wasn't room. And so I had to sit on Sam's lap. And we drove Gross. to the thing. It was great. Why well, can't I can remember? What's oh, wrong disgust. with that? I can sit on his lap. You're just reminiscing. Joking. Oh, I'm reminiscing. I'm not allowed I'm to reminisce. I'm just joking. It was like the best. That was like the best weekend of my life. Like, though, ooh, it was that, you touched a boy. Now you have cooties. It was. It was the Thursday night that happened, and then it Friday. Anyways, it was one of the most perfect weekends of my life. So Burning Man. So uh, Burning Man. Uh, David um, Cooper has a comedy show and marty cunny was there too mm-hmm. who comes to the station a lot and he was wearing booty shorts and a shirt that said baby girls like a crop top that said baby girl and like sunglasses you know he just looked like marty cunny yeah absolutely um yeah he, that's on brand for him yeah <laughs> and i just thought it was i was like wow uh there's your burning man tire and we did like this show at a place that was supposed to look like an old npr station and so we did a comedy show and then after, Davy showed up late, and she was like, so we're walking, like, hey, you want to hang out? I'm like, yeah, f- of course, you know, and we're walking, and she's like, so do you want to do ketamine off of a Barbie hand? And she, oh. gave, she gave me permission to tell the story. And I was like, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I'm not super into to mysterious white powders in general but i'm like i'm at burning man and you're offering me ketamine off of a barbie hand yeah 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 absolutely. so i d- did a little little bit of cake off of the barbie hand and then she's like all right let's go ride uh let's go do you have a bike because we can ride our bikes all the way the far the fuck away from where we were where she was camped mm-hmm. and i was like okay and um i don't i'm not an avid bike rider i can do it i don't enjoy it honestly but i had a bike at burning man so the first time i tried to ride a bike in a year i was on ketamine and i'm like this is hard i'm like my my legs i can't this is like moving them is this machine i'm like oh my god i was like is my bike messed up why is this so difficult right yeah 100 percent uh but it was fun I did that. There was. I'm like, I'm a liability, guys. Stay away. It's it's hard to ride a bike. There was a time when um, I was on acid here in the city, and I'd been right. It's when I used to have a bike, and I had my bike, and I I didn't know how to ride it. I had to walk it. Like the concept of riding the bike was too difficult. I I couldn't I couldn't figure it out, and I had to walk it uh, because acid just took away all my faculties. <laughs> but uh, kept, that's stu- I mean. I was on acid and and rode a bicycle for the first time in like twelve years, uh, you know, once that bike stationary, day. and my friend was like, "Yeah, come on, let's go," and I was like, "Uh, oh, you know, I need to Our get I need, style. I need to get to the 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 open mic, you know, to do a set, and I want to do it on acid, and." But how how we were gonna get there was, you know, professionals die in the street because someone didn't check their side view mirror, you know, right before a turn. Professionals on bicycles are being taken out. So you're worried that you're yes, gonna die the course. whole time. That's the way I feel every time. Why are you furrowing your brow like you don't understand uh, mortal terror? I I understand. I feel like I'm going to die every single time I'm on a bike in the city. Like, I can do it in the desert. I can do it in the country. But in the city, I'm like, I'm going to die. And I'm like, especially San Francisco, like these hills. I'm like, people do this for fun? This is terrifying. Yeah. Have you ever seen me on a bike? 
No. No, because I don't want to, because fucking fuck bikes. <laughs> Seriously, I don't like, I mean, I, I get it. Some people know how to do it. It's the same thing. I Now I say fuck skateboards. I used to love skateboarding. I, I've never had the balance for skateboards. I'm just too top heavy. It just doesn't not work. Well, I'm just, I don't like to go fast. I was anymore. a rollerblader. I couldn't ride a bike until I was about 16. And I tried, like I tried, I had multiple bikes and I tried and all my cousins and, and, and siblings and parents, they were like, Oh, we're going to do this thing. And I'd fall and I'd fall and I didn't want to do it. And then my sister gets a bike for Christmas. I'm 16. She's like eight. And I'm like, okay, uh, I'm going to learn to ride this bike. Okay. So I go out and like, we live in an apartment complex and this five-year-old comes up and she's like, you don't know how to ride a bike. And I was like, no, I'm learning. And she's like, how old are you? I'm like 16. She's like, you're 16 years old and you don't know how to ride a two-wheeler? Like, what a judgmental old cunt. Yeah. She called it a two-wheeler. Uh, but I learned that day. I learned that day. So I think that's maybe why I didn't like it. But before that, I was just a rollerblader. I could rollerblade. I couldn't skate, but I could rollerblade. And I couldn't keep up with the people on bikes and stuff. And then the kids kind of made fun of me for not. No one ever taught me that I was supposed to stand and pedal at the same time. What? Yeah. You're supposed to, like, stand on the pedals and and pedal. You're no, not, you not supposed to sit. The sitting is for, like, when you're on a hill and you're braking or something. Huh. I've never... I never had the balance to stand and ride. Last resort, uh, supposedly, is the seat. I also don't enjoy being on anybody's handlebars. That's why they make handle me so uncomfortable. People oftentimes are like, yeah, yeah, come on. I'll put you on the handlebars. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm not getting yeah, on the handlebars. I, I don't have a helmet. Like, I got fucked up as a little kid riding on handlebars for sure. Oh, my God. No. My, it was like my sister was riding a bike. My brother's on the pegs. I'm on the handlebars. It's like one of my first memories, just wiping out. On the, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. But who hit the ground first? Maybe psychologically, that's why I couldn't ride a bike for I so think long. I might have been some PTSD trauma Thanks there for, this for therapy, you. therapy, yeah. guys. Oh. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate it. Yeah. I can ride a two-wheeler now, okay, Jessica, if you're listening. Huh. You know, I just don't want to. Four-wheel's bad. Trikes are stable. I Sure. I just don't like going fast. The whole thing is that at this point, I've fallen down. So I mean, I guess it's fine. It's what I shouldn't be worried about my face anymore. Who fucking cares? If I fall on it again, I'll break it. I mean, I I have a lot of stitches in my face. Whatever. Helmet, I've mouth broken guard. my nose five times, you know, whatever. Witches get stitches or something? Witches get stitches. Is that what they say? Sure. Hell yeah. I'm, dude, my witchcraft has been on point lately. Fucking on point. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. It is. Prove it. I I can read your tarot cards if you want. They're, they're melty. Oh, so was it hot? Is it, it was, it, you were parked in the sun? They are melty. It's perfect. They're melty cookies. Yeah, I was parked in the sun. That's oh. all the East Bay is. Oh, okay. These bays only sunshine. I'm hoping that the not all that the butter didn't melt too much because I need it to make cookies. I'll buy you some. No, butter. it's okay. You don't have to buy me new butter. It was Uncle Sam's butter, anyways. It doesn't Just matter. Just pop it in the freezer. Yes, good point. Yeah, Uncle it, Sam. Uh, well, yeah, it's food stamps. All of a sudden, you're related to this guy. I'm. It's no. It's you're older than EBT. Him. Uncle Sam EBT. It's not. Come on. Oh. Technically, you you can have aunts and uncles that are older than you. Yes. If your parents had. Yeah, I like O'Ryan's joke about the kid, fucking your mom, and then the kid, and then my son, and then. 
kisses his grandkids on the way out. Yeah, because I'm not. I a think monster. that was his is like that was his sperm that he was. Yeah, kissing. She was goodbye. like calling him daddy, and I'm like, what? Now I'm a dad and a time traveler. <laughs> Very funny. He's he's a funny guy. I'm glad he was there last week. Yeah. Well, I got to see him on the way. You missed all the shows this week. You weren't at the Wednesday show either. Your job's you guys had a Wednesday way. show. The I one in Oakland. The one in Oakland. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, I could have made it, but that was the day that I had a meet up with my dog. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so I got off work in time, but yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, that was. I'm. I wouldn't mind going back out there again, but it just. It's what the. It's what the boys didn't realize is that the Bart closes really early. Now, ah. so it's kind of impossible unless you have someone on the other side of the bay. To that's the first time I've been over the bay since um, COVID. But I haven't been over the bridge. Now Barter's going to San Jose. That's crazy. They just opened Milpitas. The, yeah. the Bart to Milpitas. Aaron Atkins took the Bart to Milpitas. <laughs> over the next 10 years, they're going to be digging their that's, way to Santa Clara. That's Ooh. good to know because if COVID ever lets up, I'm supposed to be at the fucking Gong Show Championship in San Jose, August something. It's in my calendar. But I'm like, oh, man, is it going to happen? Because everyone who won first or second place is going to come together and have a championship. And I was, like, planning this tour and everything. And I'm like, I'll be back in the Bay by August. And then I'll do this thing. And hopefully. It looks like a lot of people are starting to do outdoor shows now. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing like posters. That was one thing stuff. like Dave Chappelle talks about in the first few minutes is how they like this is the first show. He's like, well, there's been people that do car shows or whatever, you know. Uh, it's it's really interesting. He's like, he's like, like it or not, it's history. I mean, I could just let him speak for himself. Are we gonna Rose play it? Yeah, we could. It's, we it's can. Twenty minutes. We could always have an intermission. Um, yeah. You know. Starting right. I was just. Enjoying it's twenty seven minutes and twenty seconds long. Um, Is this we can a, leave our mic. I was just we can talk over him. Oh yeah, yeah. Time. I was just so excited to see Pancake. I didn't want to interrupt this time that we share by listening to. I'm always in the studio. Yeah, but I'm not always recorded? in the studio. Is this being recorded? Yeah. Well, there's not a podcast. Everyone right now, knows yeah. that you did all these drugs. His real name is. <laughs> Start the show. It, I Start mean, the show. All right. So this is oh, it's number two on trending. Interesting. So this is Dave Chappelle just just bu- busted out a new special called Eight Forty Six. But that's the time that George Floyd was was being assaulted on the ground. Yes, that is correct. That's how long? And this is like he, and it, person, it June eleventh is when it was posted. So it's really recent. Like, thank you, Dave Chappelle. Like. For um, you know, using your words, and um, yeah. I've always appreciated them. So I guess I'll start playing it. Uh, yeah, I think I think he filmed this in Ohio because he's got a property there. So you oh, see, look, like, he's got a he's barn. Outside. He's got this was this was June sixth, twenty twenty, and we have all these all these uh, seats are six feet apart, and there's like two together, but like they're all like. And then people are wearing these uh, Dave Chappelle masks. Like you can see the people yeah, yeah. in. Thank you. And they're, they're checking everyone's temperature. Like this is like. I don't even think this would be legal in California. Look how green that is. That's got to be Ohio. 
performed on stage. We all feel that. We all feel that. I, think it's I hope you all can hear me. Will you guys shut the fuck up? I'm just kidding. That's my family in the back. That's why I did that. Children and stuff. Anyway, this is weird and, and less than ideal uh, circumstances to do a show. But the only way to figure out if the shit will actually work is to do the goddamn show. So thank you all for coming. And I want to shout out all the young people who have had the courage to go out and do all this amazing work protesting. I am very proud of you. You kids are excellent drivers. I am comfortable in the back seat of the car. Uh, so carry on, young ones. It's hard to figure out what to say about George Floyd. Yeah, he's sitting so I'm down, he's looking at his book. Yet. I'm pretty sure he's drunk. It's the first time he's performed in 87 <laughs> days. I, uh, but I'll say something. <sighs> Are you guys having a good time or is this weird? Both. I gotta tell you, this is actually like the first concert in North America since all this shit happened. It's so, true. Like it or not, it's history. It's gonna be in the books. <laughs> At least we tried. There's other comedians who would, well this is not the first show, but the other shows were like in drive-ins, and if people liked the niggas' jokes, they'd honk the horn. <laughs> didn't sound like any fun at all, did it? So what's you guys? You a black and white friend hanging out? Do you guys know each other? It's gonna be a quiet car ride home, isn't it? That's good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Enjoy your riots. Enjoy I'm just your kidding. Riot. Yeah, he's drinking. They're not really even riots. I think. He Have you noticed that? Just talk about some of the stuff he talks about. I think he had to be drunk. This is, this is a fucking weird time. Hmm. In like 1993, I'm, I, I'm not sure what year it was, but I was in LA, I had smoked a joint, <laughs> and I was watching the movie Apocalypse Now. It was like just after four o'clock in the morning, and what, what, what later would become the known the Northridge earthquake happened. It felt like it started in my apartment. You know, I'm from east of the Mississippi. On this side, we don't know what earthquakes are about. I gotta tell you something, man. Excuse me for burping. This shit was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. Uh, a lot of things went through my mind. I was, I was like, not naked, but you know what I mean? Just, walk, just chilling in my boxes. Uh, I put my clothes on. I found a, my weed. And some uh, a pipe and some and a lighter and and some money and my keys, all these things. And while the earthquake is happening, while I'm experiencing what an earthquake is the first time, 
and I was certain that I might very possibly die. And matter of fact, I remember I made a point not to scream just in case I lived, I wouldn't have to remember myself being vocally terrified, but I forgave myself for being terrified. That earthquake couldn't have been more than 35 seconds. This man kneeled on a man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Can you imagine that? This kid thought he was gonna die. He knew he was gonna die. He called for his mother. He called for his dead mother. I've only seen that once before in my life. My father, on his deathbed, called for his grandmother. When I watched that tape, I understood this man knew he was gonna die. People watched it. People filmed it. And for some reason that I still don't understand, all these fucking police had their hands in their pockets. Who are you talking to? What are you signifying? That you can kneel on a man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds and feel like you wouldn't get the wrath of God. That's what is happening right now. It's not for a single cop, it's for all of it. Fucking all of it. I don't mean to get heavy, but we gotta say something. told the police he couldn't breathe. One of the hardest parts of the tape to listen to, he said, please, I can't tell you. As a man watching another man go through something like that, what it makes you feel like. I didn't watch the tape for weeks, for a week. I didn't watch it. I knew, I saw a still picture, I said, I don't want to see this because I can't unsee it. But when I finally watched it, I understood nobody's going home. Anyone who sees this, well, they're gonna be furious. Oh. So the other night, I'm in my little clubhouse and I'm watching uh, Don Lemon, that hotbed of reality. He's gotta be drunk. I agree with you. He says, where are all these celebrities? Why aren't you talking? This nigga said everybody. I was screaming at the TV. I dare you to say me, nigga. I dare you. Has anyone ever listened to me do comedy? Have I not ever said anything about these things before? So now all of a sudden, this nigga expects me to step in front of the streets and talk over the work these people are doing as a celebrity? Ask me, do you wanna see a celebrity right now? Do we give a fuck what Ja Rule thinks? Does it matter about celebrity? No, this is the streets talking for themselves. They don't need me right now. I kept my mouth shut and I'll still keep my mouth shut. 
But don't think that my silence is complicit to all the shit these niggas are saying, trying to get everyone to sing these fucking songs. I know all these songs. I was raised on these songs. Why would anyone care what their favorite comedian thinks after they saw a police officer kneel on a man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds? I can't get that number out of my head because it was my time of birth on my birth certificate. I was born at 8.46 in the morning and they killed this nigga in eight minutes and 46 seconds. I watch everything everybody says. I think Candace Owens try to convince white America, don't worry about it, he's a criminal anyway. I don't give a fuck what this nigga did. I don't care what this nigga did. I don't care if he personally kicked Candace Owens in her stinky pussy. I don't know if it stinks, but I imagine it does. And if I ever find out, I'll let you know for sure. I'll tell like Azealia Banks, I'll tell. I'm the worst. But I know why. I figured out why they want to hear from me and it's serious. The only reason people want to hear from people like me is because you trust me. You don't expect me to be perfect. But I don't lie to you. I'm just a guy. And I don't lie to you. And every institution Every institution that we trust lies to us. How come they never talk about Chris Dorner? That's a story about a man who believed he did everything right. Do you know who Chris Dorner is? Well, Chris Dorner, if you remember, was an African-American police officer in the LAPD. He was executing a warrant with his partner, who was a white woman. And white women, I support you, but boy, if y'all don't shut the fuck up. <laughs> During the process of executing this warrant, this white woman uh, did what Chris Dorner thought was excessive force. I don't know what she did. She kicked a motherfucker that was handcuffed or hit a guy that was handcuffed or something. But Chris Dorner, the black police officer who watched this white woman do this, reported this to his superior, made a formal complaint, and was subsequently fired from the LAPD. He went through the system. He took every legal avenue that he believed he had to get reinstated and he was not reinstated. And when his last appeal was finished, this motherfucker, some wild shit, wrote a manifesto, you know where this is going. And in that manifesto, he called me a genius. Me, Dave Chappelle, not just me, but me. He said, Kevin Hart fan too. But he called me a genius, and he told Brad, Bradley Cooper, who's a friend of mine, don't do any more hangovers, nigga, that's enough. That's what he said. <laughs> and he told his story. 
Chris Dona told his story how he did everything right when he was in the military and subsequently everything else. This is before any of this shit happened. And then he said, which was the wildest thing, he said, I'm going to wage asymmetrical war on the LA Police Department and their families. What's well, an ominous thing to say. And he did it. This motherfucker ambushed two police officers who were just sitting in their squad car, murdered them. He went to another police officer's house and killed his daughter. Boy, it was terrifying. And this motherfucker was on the run. He was doing it. I was supposed to do the Grammys. I was supposed to present at the Grammys that week. And a guy from the LAPD called me and said, Mr. Chappelle, we understand you're coming to Los Angeles. And I don't know if you know, but there was a lunatic on the streets who was killing police officers. And, and we would like to know if we can pick you up at the airport. We're extending this courtesy to everyone he mentioned in his manifesto. And I told the police, I'm fine. I read the manifesto. He likes me. Is there anything I can do for you, nigga? Because I'd be very worried. They found him. Big Bear. He was hiding in a cabin. When they figured out what this nigga was, no less than 400 police officers showed up and answered the call. And boy, let me tell you something. They Swiss cheese this nigga. He is dead as dead could be. He is done. And you know why 400 cops showed up? Because one of their own was murdered. So how the fuck can't they understand what's going on in these streets? We saw ourselves like you see yourself. They weren't the only one. LeBron James once said something about racism and Laura Ingram, which I will say publicly anywhere, anytime, is a cunt. <laughs> Tell him I said it. Amen. Told one of Ohio's greatest residents 